day is Ronananians. Big day, God save the Queen. I start with the basics, right? We always we start at the beginning. I tried scanning for codes. I scanned codes. There were no fault codes in this vehicle. Nothing. Not a zip. I got ABS and VSC lights on, and I got a car that doesn't run worth a hoot. The car doctor. Yes, Ron, I got to tell you, you're a, you're a rock star up here in Maine. Well, I appreciate I that. Wish, I wish we could duplicate you. Well, yeah, everybody I, keeps, everybody keeps saying that. I wish, we could, yeah. um, I wish we could duplicate me, and I could get to sleep part of the time. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, there's no need to fear. Ron Ananian is here. Here's Ronnie. Now that one I knew. I knew who that, that voice was. Ron Ananian, the car doctor here. That last one was, I can't think of the actor, but that was Underdog. Wally Cox. Wally Cox. God almighty. That's that's the 60s, brother. That's right. That was the, that was the, um, the cartoon, Underdog. That's right. Right? There's no need to spread the fear. Underdog is something near... Yada 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 yeah. So it's um. And the first part was the town crier this morning from the royal wedding. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm not a royal wedding fan, dude. I got to tell you. Well, neither am I. But you know, yeah. it's it's fun to watch the pompous circumstance, right. and uh, you know. Yeah. And they still got to get there in cars, which is why we're here. Because sooner or later, them cars is going to break. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, that's who we are. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor and Company at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. More information at CarDoctorShow.com. Let's not waste any further ado, and let's go to line two. You see how we I rhyme that ado and two? And let's go talk to Alan about his twenty twelve Camry. Alan, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I've got a 2012 Camry with 11,000 miles on it. Okay. And when the driver's window goes up on automatic, it hits the top and it comes back down halfway. And I'm wondering if there's any fix to that other than replacing the whole keypad, which is over $600. Well, I don't know that it is, that it, that it is the keypad. Um, you know, there is a method of initialization that has to go about. Does the window seem to drag at all? Alan, is it? No, it, it 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 goes up normal process. I mean, the the first thing I would do then is I would scan this car for codes. I know that sounds um, silly, but you know there could be fault codes in there twenty three, thirteen, fourteen, things like that. There, there's known issues, but understand what happens here. That that window regulator or the window motor is, for lack of a better way to say it, it's feeling the drag of the sliding resistance of the window glass. All right. And when it senses, if it doesn't, it has to know top and it has to know bottom. And there's an, there is an initialization procedure whereby you're going to open the window all the way and then hold it for one second after the window is fully open and then fully close the window and hold it for one second or more. And that sets the glass position, all right? Now, there's an LED on the master switch that light will stop blinking and illuminate to show you that the initialization is complete. All right? And if, you know, if for some reason or maybe for some reason it lost initialization, I have seen that. Um, you know, something changed in the way the regulator perceived drag, you know, resistance, and it just kind of lost its mind. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it's, it's fail-safe is when it, when it hits top, it just automatically opens halfway. 
uh, which is the first cruise. Yeah, I don't feel any drag on it. It seems to go up fine. Right. But it only happens when it's an automatic. If I jog the switch right, a little bit of fine. time, yeah. I can, get it, I can yeah. get it to go up right. just about all the way. But if I do it too much and I hit the top, then, of course, it comes back down again. Right. So how do you, so, so do this. Take the, window, take the window as far up as you can. All right. Um, and then and then open the window, and when you get down to the bottom, hold the switch. Hold the switch to a count of five. One, two, okay. you know, f- five Mississippis. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. And then after it does that, mm-hmm. close the window and hold it for a count of five. All right? And watch the... Even holding the switch up. Yeah, even hold holding the switch up after it goes up, it still comes back down again. It does. Yes. You, you, so you're holding the switch. Then we got to scan for codes. I don't. I don't think this. There may be a fault in this regulator. This vehicle doesn't know where top and bottom is. This is a. This is. This is something a little deeper than um, uh, a relearn. If 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 you can't get this window to go up all the way and stay in the up position, and I don't know that that necessarily means it's a switch. Like I said, this is all based on network communication. First thing I'd be using is a scan tool to see. You know, what, can I talk to everything, and can it follow proper command? Right. All right. Who told you that it was a switch? Oh, I just thought, thought it might be. Yeah. I, I haven't had anybody look at it yet. Yeah. No. This is this is uh, this is way more involved than just a window regulator and a and a you know this is a network thing, um, or, mm-hmm. or, or it can be. This is all about you know this is all about communication between components. So. Yeah. New uh, Age Electronics. I'm yeah. Not up new on Age that. Electronics is exactly right. Um, so, but yeah, let them take a look at it and, uh, you know, let's diagnose this, but you know, if it's, if it's, if it's not responding to an initialization, that's the first clue that there's, there's something wrong here. All right, sir. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ron. You let me know what, you let me know what happens, Alan. I'm curious. So get back to me and let me know what the, uh, what the deal is. Let's go and talk to Paul in Virginia. Some comments about autonomous cars. Paul, what's going on? Yes, hello, Ron. Uh, yes, sir. I know how you feel about autonomous cars, and I feel the same way. And uh, it's kind of interesting, your previous caller, I mean, that's an autonomous window, and it's not working correctly. Right. So we really want autonomously operated vehicles. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Now, right. how this technology could be actually useful, beneficial, is if it doesn't control the car, but let us know how our driving is. And so at the end of the trip, you're, you're driving for that trip, whether it be five miles or 500 miles, would be then rated and come up on a screen and, and uh, you know, you, you could see where, you know, well, uh, you, you, you can't just stop it was past the stop sign or past the stripe or, or this, that, and the other. And it would kind of, you know, maybe help you uh, to, uh, to improve. And I think a lot of people, too, they, they like that gratification thing. And uh, so it might actually improve people's driving, which... You mean, uh, you mean sort of like... You mean sort of like their insurance rate might go down if they scored more points in the good driving department? Well, that's it, too. I mean, they, they might even have... Uh, that information going to the insurance company. I mean, it probably should be a sort of thing where you could opt in or opt out, you know, because that's kind of a big brother situation. Right. You know, they do have that now with with insurance companies involved. They do. Insurance companies 
and they've had it for a while where they plug in a ride-along device that plugs into the OBD2 port, and it will track how you drive, speed limits. It can't necessarily tell if you're if you're doing rolling or Hollywood stops at stop signs, and it can't tell if you're driving like a jerk, but it can tell, you know, speed, acceleration rate. You know, it, it can tell a bunch of information, and it does affect people's insurance, and we're, we're seeing more and more of that in the shop. So they've got that. I'm not sure how they would tell, you know, the stop sign thing or weaving in and out of lanes, but I guess there's ways. I think the biggest problem you're going to have is that is, as you said, Big Brother, and that will keep people from allowing it because we all have this fear, and understandably so, of what the government would do or could do. Um, unfortunately, and I don't think a lot of people realize it, more and more are every day, but automobiles are becoming data centers as we speak, meaning that, you know, the manufacturer, the, the you know, I'm trying to think of how the insurance companies, a lot of outside agencies are paying very careful attention to, you know, where you put the headrest, what radio stations you're listening to um, on newer cars, you know, these these um, uh, connected cars, as we call it, where you get in the car, you touch a button, it puts the headrest here, it puts the seat rest there, it, it adjusts the radio station, it turns on the heater. It's all preferences in, in terms of your driving uh, desire. And they're, they're, they're collecting that information at some level. They're turning that into marketing information at some level. And I just, I saw, I went to a seminar on this about a year ago, and it was it was scary and fascinating at the same time about what's being collected on the newer cars, the information about the characteristics and habits of the driver. And, you know, we're, uh, I keep thinking of that, that science fiction thriller from the 70s, I think it was, Logan's Run, and, you know, how the people all lived in that sheltered dome, and um, uh, they went for, I forget what it was, they went, they called it rejuvenation or something at the end, um, celebration or whatever, and uh, it was a controlled society, so you just... Uh, you thirty-four know? years old. Yeah, is it? Yeah, thirty. Is it thirty-four years old, Logan? Yeah, thirty-four years old. You went for the. It was you were over. Your life was over at thirty-four, yeah, right? That was it, and that's why Logan went for the run. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Paul, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, brother, and um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. You know what? Stay the cause and stay the cause, and uh, you know, just try and uh, do what you can do. You have a good rest of the day down there, Virginia Way. I'm running Andy in the car, Doctor. We are back right after this. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Yeah, but if I had that Dodge, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably go Granny. Go Ron, go Ron, go Ron, go. Dodge is the perfect name to have on the front of a car coming at you. Right. Like jump and get out of the way would be a, you know, it's too long. Right, it wouldn't. So, besides, you, you, you've never seen me drive the 55, have you? You've shown me videos. Right. I think I'd stay out of the way. Right, yeah. So, you know, it's. And there's a reason why you never see me in that car. You get it? Yeah. Anyway, um, I could answer this. I could. All right, let's do this. Let's go over to the phones. Let's go over to two. Randy's been waiting there very patiently. 08 Dodge Durango. Hey, here's a Dodge. By the way, you know what Dodge stands for? Randy, do you know what Dodge stands for? Uh, tell me, Ron. Uh, drips oil, drips grease everywhere. Go ahead. What can I do for you? <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah, this is an 08 uh, Dodge Durango. Okay. And um, um, my wife and I just uh, recently got in an accident with this uh, this vehicle. I'm sorry. Everybody um, are, Everybody all right? 
Everybody is okay, and you know that's the most important thing. Yep, you know, always uh, we can fix cars. Yep. Uh, we can replace so cars. Yeah, they're just sheet metal. That's all they are. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, so what, what do we got? What's going on with it? Well, this uh, first off, this truck was running perfectly, with the exception of uh, a, a, every now and then uh, I get a check engine light uh, code thirty four forty one, which is a cylinder deactivation solenoid. Okay. Um, and. It was running perfectly, driving perfectly. This was our late son's uh, truck, and so we we really want to take good care of it, keep it forever, that kind of thing. Yep. 131000 on it. Just broken in, brother. Yeah. Uh, um, anyways, um, so I got in a fender bender, uh, right front corner, got it. An um, 03 Yukon tried to merge with me, and it uh, didn't quite work. Yeah, it never works um, out too well for anybody. Uh, no, yeah. no, not really. Yeah. So, uh, but at any rate, uh, so it whacked the alignment out uh, just a bit. Um, it, she's towed in some. Um, we we're about 250 miles from home. Managed to limp at home. But here's here's the real issue, the real conundrums that that have got me. Um, so it took this hit. The power steering. I went to move the the car out of the road. Uh, you know, get it out of the traffic lanes and whatnot. Uh, power steering was kind of jerky a little bit, and then suddenly it just stopped working altogether. After the accident? After the accident. Okay. Okay. Um, so, at any rate, um, um, and boy, she steered really, really stiff. And I mean, I've driven cars with, you know, broken power steering belts and whatnot, and, and yeah, they are stiffer, but this guy was really stiff. I felt like there was hydraulic pressure maybe holding it. I, I didn't know for sure. But... Um, but at any rate, uh, long story made short, um, the belt's fine, the pump is fine, the the fluid is right up there. As a matter of fact, I just changed the fluid here uh, last year. Um, it's uh, no leaks anywhere. It's got a power steering cooler. Um, when I go to turn the wheel, of course, it's very stiff. I can hear... The engine slowed down just a little bit. I mean, we're talking 25, 50 RPM, something like that. I got a pretty good ear for these. And, but I, but I get no power assist and it's got rack and pinion. And so what, what my questions are for you is, and I've got a number of, of lights on on the dash too, and I'll go over those real quick. Um, I've got an ESP and BAS light. I've got the check engine light for the 3441. It uh, it shows gas cap loose <laughs> in the odometer. Okay. Um, gas cap's not loose. Um, but the, the the real issue is, is uh, and, and what I'm not familiar with, with this particular vehicle, and I know you've got, you know, all data and other resources, and maybe you've seen this before. Um, is there something electronic? connected in the steering itself that could cause the the rack to no longer uh, accept pressure or not to zero pressure i've seen i've seen cases where pulse width duty cycle power steering is limited it'll give you you know it's it's they do different things in parking lots they might open it up so that you have higher you know or you, it requires less steering effort higher power steering pressure and then out on the highway they'll they'll wind it down so it's more road feel type of a thing but not to the point where it's worse than manual steering so my questions are this happened right after the accident immediately yeah. immediately 
Um, and this is this is purely and obviously we've got to know you know what is the electrical involvement here. I would definitely I would I would scan this car for all faults, all module scan. You know why are those two lights on on the dashboard? You know I know why the check engine lights on, or I think I know why the check engine lights on. The fact that it's reporting a gas cap fault tells me that there's probably a pending evap evaporative emissions issue coming about. You know, anytime you see gas cap loose or check gas cap and any one of those nonsensical error messages, that's just a ploy of the marketing department to convince you, the consumer, that there's nothing really wrong with the car. Just check the gas cap. Uh, you know, because, and, and they did that many moons ago because too many times the gas station attendant might leave the cap off, turn on the check engine light, and the customers in the, in the dealer service department going, gee, I don't know what's wrong with this new car that I just bought if the car was two years old. The check engine light's on, and all it is is a case that the kid forgot to put the cap on right, and it makes the car look bad. Because what would, what would we all say? Damn car. Right, we wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't blame the attendant. We don't. We, you know, most people don't have that kind of moxie. So, you know, they they altered the strategy and thinking to instead of turning on the check engine light right away, they're going to make you get out of the car. They're going to make you check the gas cap, and you know, hopefully that solves the problem. So you don't show up at the dealership on Monday morning yelling and screaming, "Hey, this piece of junk I just bought's got a bad whatever in it." So let's do a full system scan. Why is the ESP light on? Why is the other light on? Why is the check engine light on? Then let's diagnose that. Let's understand what is the electrical involvement, all right? Is there any on this particular system? But I'd be thinking about, you know, if, if the pump is turning, if the pump is on the car, you know, is there something bent somewhere that I can't see from my seat here that's causing a bind? But, you know, I don't, I don't think so, Randy, from your description, but I'm just, you know, in the back of my head, I've just, you know, it's a phone call. I can't physically see the car to, to, to work on anything. Um, right. You know, uh, you know, is, is, is something bent causing a binding effect? Um, you know, if you took the cap off the power steering, is the power steering reservoir remote mounted? No, it's mounted right on the pump. All right, the so, return line comes in at the bottom of the reservoir, though. All right, do this. Take the cap off. Start the car up. Turn the wheel. Have somebody turn the wheel and watch the watch the pump. The pump should show fluid swirling around, meaning the pump is working. Do that. Call me back. Let's talk next week. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. We're back right after this. We're on the end of the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Check out the Car Doctor Facebook page as well. Let's get over to Tony in Illinois. Questions about oil changes. Tony, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help? Yeah, Brian, there's a mechanic shop. Been around for a long time. The old guy sold out. Somebody else bought him. As soon as the guy bought the new shop, put a big sign in front. Oil changes, $24.95. I go, that's it. How can that be? Yeah, how can that be? Well, because you're an idiot, in my opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. America's still a free country, isn't it? Um, You know, I can tell you why. It's a loss leader. It's it's like even when you said, how do you find a good mechanic and how do you treat a mechanic? I take my cars to the dealer because I've had a pretty good rapport with them. It's always nice two or three times a year to go over to Costco, get a couple cases of water. A big tub of Twizzlers and some potato chips, 
bring them into the service case. Yeah. Here, guys, thanks. See yeah. you later. What yeah. you spent? Twenty bucks. Right. Yep. Huh? Yeah. And, and then it's... if I have to go in, if I, the tires low, I just pull in. One of the porters comes out, builds up my tires. I give him a couple of bucks. We're done. I have a beautiful rapport with my mechanic. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. I, uh, you know, the the, the twenty four ninety five oil change thing. Let's do the math, Tony. All right. Yeah. Um. Let's say it's a five quart oil change. Let's say it's a four quart oil change. Give me a price on a quart of oil. You set the price. How much is a quart of oil worth? Three, four, five dollars now. Let's say four bucks a quart, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's 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 sixteen bucks there. Four quart system, right? Right. And how much is the oil filter? Five bucks. That's, yeah. Twenty one dollars. All right. Right. Let's say the guy puts on a pair of safety gloves. You know, rubber gloves. Maybe they cost. Let's say a dollar in shop supplies. Twenty two. Right. So the guy's got a gross profit of three dollars and ninety five cents. He'll be out of business. We had a twenty fifteen Toyota. Uh, what is it? Tundra yesterday to do an oil change. There's this big giant steel shield that you have to take down to get to the bottom of the oil. You know, drain the. Pl I mean, it, it it takes you ten minutes just to do that. All right. By the time you set the truck up and and, and get the shield down, it's you know it's five ten minutes into that, and then you drain the oil and put it all back together. Uh, you know, somebody and then and then you know what twenty four ninety five. Let's hand the guy a credit card. Exactly. And three percent yeah. of that three percent of that twenty four ninety five. Is gonna so we're gonna lose eighty cents there. So now we're down to uh, two dollars. Let's call it. We're gonna we're gonna make th eh, two and a half bucks gross profit. Insurance. Better off opening up a hot. Well, well, yeah, you know. I mean, so quite easier. Well, and I I really think you know I listen. My opinion, and you know everybody's got a different way of looking at it. I just happen to be the guy lucky enough to be to have the microphone in front of me. I really think that you know it's a loss leader. And guys don't have enough faith in their ability and confidence in what they can do to properly fix the car. So rather than, you know, wait for the masses to figure out who they want to go to, they're going to draw in everybody and sort them out from there. Yeah. And and Not a way to do business. No, I don't think so. Because, no, no, because no, here's what no. happens. The guy goes in for the 2495 oil change, and every car needs brakes or every car needs filters, every car needs tires, every car needs something, whatever it might be. And, you know, there's problems along the way. And then mechanics get a bad rap as, gee, the guy promised me this and he couldn't deliver. Yeah, he couldn't deliver because he can't afford to be there anymore. Well, not only that, but the cheapo that wants to spend the $25 and when they tell him it's going to cost you $800 for breaks, he's going right. to flip out. He's going to think it's, it should be $100. Let's take that 2015 Toyota Tundra into the guy. It takes eight quarts of oil. All right. So, you know, what's he going to do there? I mean, listen, I think I, if, the, if I was a shop next door to that guy, I'd roll all my cars in there and say, here, change every one of them. What are all well, the world changes business, for? You're in the business because you love it. Well, yeah. You, 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 I'll tell you something. If, even if you had to repair cars for free, you'd still do it because that's in your blood. Well, and you know what? There's very few guys like you left anymore. You know what, very Tony? Few. I got to tell you, we talk about it. If there was a way I could retire and just fix cars to help people, I'd do it tomorrow. Because you love what you're doing. I would You've never had a job. I No, I never have. I would absolutely I would absolutely love to do that. I read a story. There's a guy down in, I think it's Texas, and it's called God's Garage. God bless the guy. He's, he's It's an all-volunteer staff, and they're helping 
people that can't afford to pay for car repairs to keep the cars on the road. And you know what? That's called paying it forward and leaving the planet a better place. I would do it tomorrow if I could do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's to make up for all the bad things we did as kids. Um, (laughs) You know, we got to sit down and get back to basics. Today, I had a wonderful day playing checkers with my seven-year-old grandson. I'm 74, and he beat me three times. And that's good. And you know what? He'll remember that for the rest of his life. I remember when I beat Grandpa th- three times. And, you know, it's... it's, well, it's you, you, Great show and a great crew. Thanks, buddy. Keep up the good work. Thank I you, Tony. We're in Illinois. Well, thank you, sir. And if we ever get out that way, we'll stop it and say, hey. Okay. So, okay, all right. Buddy. You take, take good care. Bye-bye. Um, I know who that was, Tom. That was Tony Emilio. That was our retired police officer from Chicago. Most likely. Yeah. And, and, and I was going to tell you about the... Uh, there's a repair shop near my house. They have a big sign out front, $65 an hour for labor. And I've been sitting there going, you know, I wonder what's wrong with this picture. Well, well, I can tell you what that is. I can tell you about the, the labor rate thing is even easier to explain. Okay. You know what? I'll tell you my labor rate's $25 an hour. How do you count your hour? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's how you count hours. Right, exactly. Okay? Um, you know, what's it, what's it worth to do any of this? And auto repair, like lawyers, like mecha- like doctors, like so many service-based businesses, it, it's about results. And, you know, what's the long and the short of it and how do we make it work? And that's, you know, that's really where all of this is at. Um, so just something to be aware of. Hey, let me just do this quick piece of email from Mitchell. Uh, I've, been, I've been dying to read this. You know, Mitchell, uh, the folks over at Mitchell Information Systems comes out with these real fixed sure track um, emails to me once in a while, and uh, they come out on a, actually a regular basis. This one's kind of interesting. It's a real fix from Mitchell's new short track expert information source, MPA. What's MPA? Vehicle service information, it continues, is jam-packed with acronyms, and keeping track of what they all mean can be a full-time job. Boy, that's the truth. ABS, TCS, PCM, MPA. The definition of an MPA switch might not come immediately to mind, the short track fix of the week continues, and it says, but follow this Cadillac Escalade real fix to see how it relates to diagnosing and repairing a code C0286. Corrected or connected a scan tool and found C0286. MPA switch remains closed, open, or MPA intermittent. Well, you got to make up your mind. Which one is it? Use the scan tool, clear the codes, performed an anti-lock brake system function test with the scan tool and reset the code right away. The code came back. In other words, use the scan tool to monitor live data and found the, aha, here's what MPA is. Medium pressure accumulator switch parameter indicated uncharged. With the key on and the engine off, the scan tool watched the live data, connected a fuse jumper across the switch and the supply circuit, and observed the switch parameter start changed state to charged, meaning that they left it plugged in, they put a fuse across, or they put a fused wire across the connector, and they showed, now it changed to shows the switch as closed. So that, in other words, the wiring harness was intact, leading back to the ABS controller, so we knew the problem wasn't in the wiring harness or the ABS, it was somewhere ahead of us, which is the switch, which is located, the MPA switch, which is located in the brake pressure modulator valve assembly. They put a modulator valve in it, cleared the codes, and the vehicle operated properly. The customer's concern did not return. Um, this is kind of a neat feature. We're going to try and start and do more of these. But, you know, short track is something that our real-world fixes, Mitchell Repair Information. They add that to all of their, um, you know, their, their shop management software. You can find more information out on the web at mitchell1.com. And uh, we thank them for their efforts in trying to make lives easier for mechanics everywhere. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anady and the Car Doctor, and I'm back right after this. Little GTO, you really looking fine. 
scissors and a advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. I can tell you how to maintain the GTO. Start it up, wind it out. When you pull second gear, just make sure that second gear, and, and when you see it, feel the tire smoke, and just a lot of GTO stories, some of them we can't talk about on air. Let's go and talk to Bob in Phillipsburg, 1965 Volkswagen Beetle. How can I go from a GTO to a conversation about a Volkswagen Beetle? Robert, how are you, sir? Hey, fine. Uh, I want to give a shout-out. I finally got somebody interested in listening to your show. Can I give them a shout-out? Sure, go ahead. It's uh, Dan from Johanna in the garage. Uh, just wanted to, he's, he's, he listens to you all the time now. I finally talked him into it. Well, good. Now I got seven listeners. So, um, yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. We're, we're climbing. What's going on? Uh, the 65 Beetle's got gremlins in the starting circuit. The, the wiring that feeds from the ignition switch to the starter. Uh, so it turned out that uh, the wiring harness is going to have to come out because the voltage drop is horrendous. Okay. So temporarily what I'm doing is, is running a 6-volt relay there by the battery underneath the back seat to feed you know, power to the solenoid you know, right off the battery so that will get me going for a while. Okay. But the wiring harness is going to have to come out. And in order to do that, I got to, when the engine comes out, when I want to overhaul, I want to repair the wiring harness. Now, my question is, where do you buy uh, electrical wire and, uh, co- you know, connectors and that and all that for uh, shop supplies? Well, I would just, uh, various companies, but nothing that's really going to work for the Volkswagen. It's very specific. I would just buy a wiring harness. Well, that's the problem. I've already looked at a couple, and they're, they're designed for uh, 12 volt, and there's some keeping 6 volt. Well, but and the so, wiring is a different uh, gauge. Yeah, but you know the problem, Bob, is going to be that you're going to have to find exact connectors and exact pins to match what's there, right? I mean, you're talking. What you're basically asking me is, or telling me is, you want to make your own wiring harness for this car. Right. Right. Well, then you've just you know I don't think any. I don't think any present-day source, we buy them from a company, we buy a lot of our electrical stuff from a company called Rogo. They're located up in Middletown, New York. But they're all modern. Oh, okay. They're all modern-day, you know, everyday transportation vehicles. You're looking for something that's going to be specialty. 65 Volkswagen, yeah. brother? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's 50 years ago. Uh, right. You know, it's, 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 it's going to become a specialty item. And, and frankly, I just got to believe that somewhere somebody's going to make a wiring harness. And, okay. Y- y- you know. Um, yeah, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just, you're going to need a wiring harness. You're going to need to really replace the harness as an assembly because what you're trying to do is so tedious. Uh, you know, listen, you'll, you'll finish it, but it might be 10 years. It's, it's an exacting task what you're trying to do. And I think you're going along yeah. the wrong way around the barn to make the point. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. This right. is what I needed to know because, yeah. uh, you know, I want to get running driving this car because uh, the weather's starting to break and, uh, and uh, you know, go up there and uh, hopefully I could do one of your uh, uh, cruises. Well, you know, if the Volkswagen is stuck in the garage, you know, that's it's safer there. Nothing could happen to it. Um, we got to have reliability. That's well, the whole thing. Well, that's right. You know, it's got it's useless. We, yeah, we got to make it. We got to yeah. make sure it works. But at least nothing. It won't get lost. Um, right. It won't get stolen. It could float down the river though. Still, you know, you could turn it into a riverboat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I Beatles, don't know if it'll be- float or not. Be- Beetles? No, beetles do float. Don't ask me how I know. So I know um, they do. Know. There was actually a commercial years ago. Did you know that? 
Seriously. Yeah. There was a commercial years ago. It does everything, including float or, or some yeah. such thing. Like i got to look for that on YouTube. But um, and it's yeah, Beetle, John, Paul, George, or Ringo. Yeah. Well, Every, stay on that side of the glass. Story. No, every, Everybody's got a uh, Beatles story. Yeah, so, every time when I go sit there at Wawa yeah. and have a cup of coffee, I have more people come over and. And it puts a smile on their face. And, and some of them are some of them are good stories. Oh, yeah. But, um, anyway, I gotta go, Robert. I love you to death. You take good care of yourself. Okay. All, right, All right. Bye. You take. Bye bye. I'm Ron Annie in the car, doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Annie in the car, doctor. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Cardoctorshow dot com. Podcasting and all the good stuff. Um, real quick, listener called in regarding Bob and Phillipsburg with the sixty five Volkswagen. We thank him for this. We love it when you guys call in and give us information. But he suggested call painless wiring. Painless wiring, Bob. If you're listening, or your friend Dan is listening, painless wiring. They're down in Texas. The caller said, um, "I have heard of painless wiring. I know they make stuff for you know muscle cars and modern." Uh, or modern performance vehicles, et cetera. But uh, maybe they've got something for six-volt Volkswagens, um, uh, you know, and you can solve your problem that way. So painless wiring down uh, Texas way, we're told. Um, take a look at that. Let's get on over and talk to Tony in Iowa. Return call, 99 Volvo C70. Hey, Tony, how are you today? I'm good, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, sir. It's actually my son that called in a couple of weeks ago, and I want to thank thank you. You helped him uh, diagnose the problem with his uh, this car is being a throttle body. Uh, right. I re- yeah. Um, this was the car. What was it doing? It was stalling or it didn't have power or something? It, yeah. Um, it went in the lip home yeah, mode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Having trouble starting. Once it would start, it would run for a while. Right. And anyway, he got to a local Volvo mechanic and and they agreed that's what it was. Yep. Haven't done anything with it. May not either. It's it's an expensive repair repair for that yeah, car. Yeah, um, six eight hundred dollar part, if I remember right. Uh, more like fifteen hundred. Yeah, okay, it went yeah. up. It went up. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. You know, um, isn't that sad too? You know, it's you, you can spend all that time and take care of an older car, and all of a sudden that one piece that's electronic that you need, and it costs so much to keep those electronic pieces on the shelf that now all of a sudden, you, you just price yourself out of existence. You can't afford yeah. to drive the car. It's terrible. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's. it's uh, I think it's well. We mechanic was probably the sensor, not the actual throttle body. But, right. Uh, but I think the sensor is part of the throttle body. I don't think you can buy it separately. Yeah. If I yeah. if I recall I, correctly. I, I I see on e on eBay one of the forums recommended you can update it to a magnetic one that eliminates the carbon tracking. But you know, it's kind of. Kind of scary doing all that work too. So well, yeah, it's um yeah it's listen cars. I'm telling you right now, maybe not in my lifetime, but I really believe cars are going to become. And I guess they are. Maybe it has happened in my lifetime. They are. Hey, they are getting to be throwaway items. I know um, we're running out of time, but can you tell me what book that is your uncle Steve wrote? Um, you you want to go out on the web and you want to look for Ramrod to Munster. Ramrod to Munster, Google search it, and you'll find it uh, regarding Uncle Steve's first mission uh, over Germany. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.